Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. What's Audible? Well, before I tell you what Audible is, maybe I'll tell you why, what's going on with Audible. Oh, what is going on with Audible? You can get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash bmovie. Over 180,000 titles to choose from on your iPhone, your iPad, your Android phone, your Kindle. That list is almost, it's not endless, but like there's so many selections yeah, I mean, there. it just keeps going. It's true. Uh, for you, the listeners of the B-Movie Breakdown... Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day free trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Check out books like Jim Henson, The Biography, Stephen King's It, Stephen King's 112263, a lot of Stephen King, Under the Dome, Shining. I mean, there's a lot of Stephen King on there. Uh, American on Purpose, Craig Ferguson's book, Hilarious. Yes. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson has books on there that he narrates. A lot of these people who... Uh, write these books, narrate them. It and makes I mean, sense. Stephen King doesn't narrate his own, and obviously the Jim Henson one is a, is a biography, and he's right. passed away, so he's not reading his own. But that just shows you the diverse selections you have on Audible. This is true, but a lot of I mean, there's a lot of comedy books on there where the people like Craig Ferguson and like Burt Kreischer, people like that, they read their own audiobooks, and they're, and they're great. Uh, you can download any of these or any other audiobook for free by trying Audible.com. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash bmovie. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash bmovie for your free audiobook today. Welcome to the B-Movie Breakdown episode number 153. It's a good round number. Not, but it's a great it's, episode. It's an odd number. You're an odd number. Whoa. Well, I'm not an odd number. You know why? Because my name is Corey. Yep. And with me always. My name is Nick. Nick. And I'm going to delete this odd number I'm looking at right now. Oh. That just got violent, right? Shit. It's kind of excessive. I, I just it? became obsolete. Oh, um, just that <laughs> rustling. Come You're on. the one that said delete. I was thinking math. You know that thing that's been around for a long time? Well, when I think of math stuff, I don't think of the word delete. No one's like, oh, if you, if you, three deleted from three equals zero. I said subtract and then I said delete. I like to use the thesaurus of my brain. To share more words. Sorry about my vocabulary. Well, I have some more words for you because the B-Movie Breakdown yeah, is a weekly podcast where we find you. the humor and enjoyment in awesomely bad films yeah. of the past and present. Home of the good, the bad, the what the fuck. Does that mean they're like awesome, but like they can be bad and they're badly awesome? They can be badly awesome. They can be awesomely bad. They can be whatever the fuck you want them to Movies, be. Movies, you make your own decisions. You make your own decisions. Be what you want to be. Some some people want maybe this week's movie. Some people might not like it all. Well, then they're dumb. Well, I mean, I don't know if you should just go judging oh, people like that, but you can if you want to. I did, and I will. You did, and you will. Uh, you can listen to us on our website, bnbpodcast.com. Yeah. You can also subscribe via Apple Podcasts, like the podcast app. Any sort of podcast app. You know where app. you get your podcasts at. Right. iTunes it's is all uh, what feeds the podcast app, so iTunes as well. If you're subscribing on the Apple Podcasts app or iTunes, leave a review. And in that review, yeah, what's that about? suggest a movie, and we will watch that movie. We will. We will. We'll you, do it. You'll probably listen to a few podcasts. You know where to get them. You can get us there. I mean, I'm guilty of it too. Uh, there's been podcasts I don't, I haven't reviewed, and I probably should have helped them out. And maybe I should start doing that more often. Maybe you should. Maybe you just had a moment. Right I have, now. I have, I have reviewed. We, we caught a live moment. There's been a, quite a few podcasts where, especially some lesser known, like maybe not not lesser known, but they're not like the biggest. It's not like I don't think Joe Rogan needs my reviews in iTunes. Well, maybe that's their problem. You know, what I mean, like he probably doesn't, but like you know I, mean, I mean, everybody might. Why not just be open and honest? But some other ones that are like smaller. Stuff. In uh, in nature, maybe some ones that we might be uh, you know in contact with, perhaps uh, in the near future. Yeah, future things, future dwellings, you know, future I, brewings, future brewings on the horizon. Yeah, uh, maybe this podcast like that might need your your help with the review. So leave us a review and uh, rate uh, the podcast, and then uh, I'm sure suggest, they I'm sure they like it. Suggest a movie. So uh, you could all you could find us uh, all over social media. Uh, you can contact us at our uh, email address, bnbpodcast at gmail.com. On Facebook, just search B-Movie Breakdown. On Twitter, at BMB Podcast, And on Instagram. Everybody's on these things, so, like, yeah. find people. And on Instagram, it's... And we're people, I guess. But on Instagram, it's at B-Movie Breakdown. That's fair. So... Think about that a little bit. So search us. Uh, search us. We're all over the place. You'll find it. Yeah. Uh, Nick, do you have anything? Yeah, you go to scatterville.com. 
I got stories there. Click on the universe tab. You can read my comics. Check them out. There um, you go. If you want to say anything about these comics, you can find me on the Facebook. Send me a comment or message. That would be nice. Just search the Scatterville Stories. Instagram is also Scatterville Stories. They exist. I'm around. Posting behind the scenes shit. You know? Work. Work. Gotta work, work, work. And this week we put in work as we watched... It was more entertainment. The very, very loose sequel to Robot Jocks. I wouldn't even call it a sequel to Robot Jocks. Well, then you would be It's like, just a cool movie. You'd be a loose liar. I would just call it a cool movie. And Robot Jocks is also a cool movie. But That's in Robot Jocks, they say Crash and Burn. This movie is called Crash and Burn. They're obviously deeply connected, as we will address later in this the podcast. True. Yes, the movie we watched is Crash and Burn. And it's also a Charles Band film, Full Moon Pictures. And uh, I'm sure you can find it... Um, no, we we know where you can find it. You can you find can, it on DVD for fifteen bucks. Uh, for you spent less than that. I'm not done. You oh. can buy it for fifteen bucks in a double pack with the Robot Wars, which is another loose, deeply connected sequel mm-hmm. to Robot Jocks. Or you can buy them separate and then with Amazon Prime, they're each like six bucks. You can save like three bucks, like twelve. Or after you pay money for these movies, you can talk to your brother and he can tell you he owns them and you didn't have to spend any money in the fucking first place. <laughs> but that's fine. Little plot twist uh, there. Didn't uh, realize yeah, that after the fact. I'm sure you could probably rent it on Amazon Prime. Or not even Amazon Prime, just Amazon. You could probably rent it. And I'm sure maybe Daily well, Motion, there's I some sort of video of, of it out there on the internet. For even, though so, even though my blood owns copies of these things, I don't care because I love Robot Jocks and I love these movies. So if I was to spend an unnecessary $12 on films, I guess I'll settle with these. It happens. So this week on the podcast is Crash and Burn. Sit yeah. back, relax, get, and enjoy. Get deleted. It's math. It's the best of the worst. One, one, uh, one thing to say when we were watching the bloopers for this. Yes, bl- yeah, blooper talk. You You've were, had me in suspense. Yeah, the the bloopers we watched looked better than the fucking movie. The quality yeah, of the bloopers we, was in was in way better quality than the movie was. Yeah, because the bloopers probably actually had actually come from like whatever they filmed it with, and then the DVD, the copy we watched was just a VHS ripped to a DVD. Oh yeah, there's was, no question. It was those early DVD days of VHS transfers. Which, I have a number of movies that so are on DVD I. still that like are are pretty much VHS transfers. Which in a way is cool because this kind of movie. It doesn't hurt that a kind of movie like this is watched that way. I did wish it filled up the whole fucking television because right. it was like a weird cropping. It, well, you know, we could have changed the ratio a little bit, but like, why bother? I didn't. Well, we would have had to. It would have looked all warped and shit. Well, like even if like like a zoom, like not a stretch, like a zoom, because it looked yeah. like it would have kind of been better. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure this that would have just was, made the resolution look like complete asshole. This was a DVD meant to be watched on a CRT TV. Yeah, oh yeah. Not not no. an L- an LED. <laughs> yeah, you don't fucking... you don't watch a movie about the year 2030 on a 2017 television. It's no. not what you do. <laughs> no. It has to be one from 1993. <laughs> it probably still has rabbit ears on it. But yeah. That's the kind of TV you watch yeah. this on. Yeah. And it's you only watch it on a screen that is probably <laughs> like 8 by 12 inches. <laughs> And you're sitting two feet in front of it. One with the DVD player built in. Oh, yeah. the TV. Uh Uh-huh. Or the VCR built into the TV. Yep. Yeah. Those are always the little small TVs that always had the VCR built in. Like the ones that parents would buy for kids they could play video games, which just burn out their fucking eyes because you have to sit so close to it. Right. But, like, it doesn't cost a lot, so a kid can have a TV. I remember the first TV that I had in my room. Yeah. Because I didn't have a TV in my room for a long time. Sure. But then I remember uh, my grandma had a TV at her house yes. that was older, and it was one with like the knobs. Knobs are good. Like the click. Oh my god! You're like the knobs for the volume and the knobs. For, yeah. And like the first level of knobs was like channels like two, five, whatever, like up to like maybe like twenty six, and then the next knobs were like the next channels. Do you remember microwaves with knobs? Yeah. Those are wild. And the 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 clock wasn't even like a display; it was like analog. Like it was like, you know, like. I don't know how to, I'm trying to think of the words to describe those, but it was just like, um, little 
plaques with like the numbers on them. Yeah, and they, they would turn over. Yeah, yeah, they flipped. Like what the fuck? That's so complicated. It wasn't even that long ago. No. Time is. Relative. If you really think about it, it wasn't that long ago. Time is relative. Yeah, I remember playing. I when I had like Sega Genesis and stuff. Uh, even my N64, I think, playing it on that TV with the knobs. I'm just glad the TV lasted me a long time until I eventually got like a. Like a normal CRT, still right. smaller, but it wasn't like one of the little tiny ones, but it was no. like a normal, like, I don't know, like 12 inch. Something that just some, would, something normal for would look good. And like as a, opposed to this like TV from like, who knows when, well, then my, like I said, my grandma had it and it was just like in her house. Man, and I, I love those things. Oh I, man. Old television. So and, nostalgic. And then I remember like a way we rigged it so that I didn't have to like turn the knobs. What did you do? We, because you could, back then, you could hook up your cable through your VCR. Yes. So I got a VCR in my room. So you use a VCR remote. So then we, yeah, so then I could just, then Flip I could the actually watch, like, cable channels as opposed to just watching, like, your... Yeah, you did hear your bootleg set up for your television to watch your cable. And this old-ass TV that we had, like, an RF switch for. Oh, my God. So, like, and you had to leave the TV in, like, channel, like, three... <laughs> No, yeah, channel three or four. Three was always yeah, a good but one. it was before inputs. Before well, yeah, TV you just had inputs. No, you, you had to like go just, on channel three. Just use this channel because nothing's on it. <laughs> what this a is weird feed thing. it through. What a weird it's thing. A work in, it's evolution. See, just like organisms, like watch how it just the step by step by step it just evolved into this thing. It's weird to think about TVs that didn't have inputs. Right. Just nope. Nope. Channel three. Yep. Do it. I mean that's and then like we would rip like movies from the video store like from the video camera hooked up into the VCR. Yeah. And like now everything which it seems like I mean obviously duh like um you know it's just like HDMI 1 2 3 but like they're just different inputs it was like video game VCR like like it was labeled that in the t the display like right. you push that specific option like you couldn't i mean you could put whatever you wanted right. into it but it's just funny that they decided like these are the functions you can still label all, all your i'm sure you, but like it was pre-labeled is my point. right yeah they, they mean, decided factory inside they decided this channel right. is for your video game yeah and i was always like oh but well, it works now of them i can use whatever i want <laughs> right all right i have it labeled that way though like because you'd always for have to tell you just have to you have to tell somebody like oh yeah the vcr is just hooked into the game why it just is all right yeah just because you know, it's plugged in. Why you even plug it just to move it? Yeah, whatever. I'm just, I'm just thing. glad we grew up in an era before Unicom band computers. <laughs> We're not there yet. No. It, well, I mean, depends. What's, what's the plot? What's well, the, what's the 20, timeline? 2017, where you know we got a few more years before computers get banned. If we're living in the the world of Crash and Burn, and Crash and Burn, the reason we watched Crash and Burn is because it was like supposed to be this quote-unquote sequel to robot jocks i mean it is loosely it can be loosely connected there's by loosely there's no connecting points so it's loose so this is where it's loosely connected and the only reason it's loosely connected one charles band was producer of the original yeah movie, behind the scenes and even though Stuart, Stuart gordon wrote directed the original yeah masterpiece so this one it was originally titled Robot Jocks 2 Crash and Burn in most European markets, but it was only labeled that there for whatever reasons. Cause, and it even says like in the descriptions and stuff, despite not being related to Band's 1990 film Robot Jocks. Right. So they're, like he even was like, no, it's not. It was just like, we're going to... But for some reason in overseas, they wanted to label it as Robot Jocks 2 just because the one robot looks slightly similar which is, I mean, that's fine. But what's, yeah, what's amazing is, I mean, if we have to get into, like, just the titling, that's a thing the jocks say to each other. I mean, we've said it in the last episode. They did, yeah. It feels dumb, but it's like a thing, like crash and burn. It's... <sighs> you could look at this as a, if you really wanted to, in my eyes, a prequel yes, to Robot Jocks. Of course, all roads lead It to... can't be a sequel because the no. timeline wouldn't make sense. No, it's prequel. Plus, because society still exists in this world. It's just a society ruled by a corporation called Unicom that bought, bought up government debt, which is amazing. That's fantastic. Right. Now, it's just, this is mine now. We own you. And this has a lot of great ideas. It's solid. And the whole, I don't have a problem with the movie. I just have, you get Throw swerved. Your expectations. Well, you think it's going to be one thing and it's a different well, thing. You know what it reminds me of the setup of what, this the title? Like, okay, there's robot jocks. They say crash and burn. 
Okay, so like in Transformers 4, there's knights in the movie, but in the next movie, oh, the trailer's like, oh, Last Age of Extinction, or no, no, um, The Last Knight, it's gonna be about these knight robots we met in the per No, literally nothing to do with those knights. Totally unrelated. The Crash and Burns means something completely different. So, it's just what is going on here? And you've seen the third film in this. Which, yes, which you should see, because it is more in the spirit of actual robot So, docs. what's going on in Robot Wars? Okay, well, the reason why I wanted to... Before we can fully get into Crash Burn, I want to know what's going on in Robot Wars that makes... That more of a sequel to well, Robot Jocks. After well, is watching, that more of a sequel, or one, you still think prequel? No, I think this. No, there. These all have to be. It depends because in Robot Wars, all the robots are decommissioned, and there had been a Robot War, which it's called a Robot War. Only two robots fight. That's fine. That's okay. I hate movies like it's that. It's fine because one is a scorpion. It's fine. But it happens in a lot of movies where they call like something war. Or like fire battle, and like I these know. things like only happen like it's, very minimally. No, a lot I mean, of these B movies do that. Well, like, I mean, the robot battle is a robot battle, but a war usually requires more than two robots. But one is a robot scorpion, and it's amazing. But the politics in that movie are just as intriguing as the, as the politics in this movie. In Robot Wars, a reason why I wanted to rewatch it after watching Crash and Burn, which I probably will still do, is to connect to line up the names of the companies. I mean, you could even probably, if you want to, like search. Well, because there's, um, Robot Wars is great because it's got, like, slang terms and stuff. But basically, there's, like, um, different, different factions. Um, one, I just want to know what they were called. Ignore the centrist part. Centrist is great because basically America's a thing, but, like, half of America is, like, a North nor Hemi. North Hemi is a thing. But was there an organizational name for that, for the Northern Hemisphere? Like, there's some kind of, um, I know the Japanese ones. The East, East, Eastern Alliance. Um, no, that's, that's a robot. It's a giant, it's a mechanic. It's like that, that Emerus 2 is the last non-decommissioned robot that like they use to like take people on tours to travel the wasteland where like nothing is, gotcha. which that can kind of tune into like, Robot Wars doesn't mention anything about the atmosphere, which we'll talk about, <laughs> but with that, that factors into, into things too. But, like, they have to cross this desert, but there's, like, this terrorist group called the Centros, which are just Mexicans. It's <laughs> real. They got, like, these outfits that fade from, like, black to white, so it's kind of like this desert camo. But they're literally just these Mexican dudes, like, terrorist group, like, causing terrorist trouble. Probably trying to take back land. It's not very specific. Right. But, like, in a robot, in, um... Um, robot jocks, I noticed the similarities, which I would have mentioned, um... The similarities between like the Japanese design styles and like the American design styles. Well, in Robot Wars, there's an Eastern Alliance and there's North Hemi, but they're not really, they're not really um, against each other. Mm -hmm. They're it's basically just like two groups and like there's there's like out wars going on in the outskirts, like disputed territories. But basically, the Americans are just selling the Japanese, the um, whatever the Americans are called, and the Eastern Alliance like gonna sell them like weapons. But they're going to sell them lesser versions, like miniature weapons of the Scorpions. Because they're not going to sell them the big ones. They're not going to be as fully armed because why would they do that? They don't want to give them better technology. So then, um, ignoring all the side stories or plots and characters that are just ridiculous that we would address if we had watched the full movie for a podcast. Um, the Japanese general is there. And they're trying to, like, they're, getting, they're going to buy weapons. And the Japanese general goes on a tour with... Goes on a, um, yeah, because they take these people on tours to the desert in the Scorpion. The general goes along with one of these tours, and surprise, surprise, he just takes over the robot and holds everyone as hostage. They let him on the controls. Like this guy's not from the government. Like he's playing with stuff, yeah. like figuring out how everything. Like he's already had training, obviously, but like little test pilot. They just treat him as like this. Oh, this kooky Japanese guy. He's not that kooky, but like they don't think very highly of him. Right. So then he, when he usurps and steals their only robot, they're like, oh fuck, what happened? And like they kicked out the pilot because he's got like, attitude. So like they have to try and get him back to take over the robot. There's some reporter doing stuff um, with her friend who's a scientist who has, who thinks like there might be something hidden underneath this city which was built to look like a 1990s city because they're filming in a 1990s city right the other robot that looks like the robot in this movie which we will address um is buried underneath the city so like they have to get this one robot to fight the scorpion robot that the japanese i feel like the jet the scorpion robot only looks evil because eventually it's gonna be controlled by a bad guy otherwise it would look like something totally different but in the beginning it's just like oh i'm just a scorpion robot taking people on a journey a little suspicious but the fact that there's these two groups um, 
which could I wanted to see if Unicom was mentioned in Robot Wars at all connected to the group. Which mm-hmm. if I the because if that happened, um, then that's how these things are kind of connected. Right. But not doesn't no, happen. Not so much. It, it sounds like there's a lot more going on in Robot Wars than in, than in this movie. No. No, it's no? it's think about it. How much can we describe from the beginning of this movie right, that is true. The same deal? Well, Robot Wars is only like an hour long. Yeah, well, it's was like eight. It's still like eighty some minutes. Seventy two minutes. Oh, all right. That's yeah, like barely over an hour. It's not long, no. So that's interesting that the movie really. I mean, none of these movies have really almost. Any, no. Robot Wars and Robot Jocks sound like they are somewhat connected. In well, a they, loose way, they mention a past war, but like, then does that past war lead into eventually like them doing the robot battles? Like because right, robot jocks, because no, war was outlawed. War was outlawed, so you can almost but because they, they talk about the robot war, but maybe the war was outlawed and the robots were in that war, and they used the robots left over to battle. See, I like kind of piecing these things together, but it's more just like a fun exercise, right? Because like, if you look into the media for these connections, they don't exist, which makes. But I mean, you're just doing. If it I have to side. be honest, right? But that's what I think is fun because it makes me think about, like, oh, that's that's neat. Oh, cool. That's a possible universe someone could live in. Mm-hmm. But um. Yeah, this universe is just... But the main threat in this universe is, like, climate change. The ozone layer is gone, basically. Climate, global warming, it's cooking. The sun is cooking. And that's the main threat yeah. in this movie. It, it really is, because you got, like, this one guy, he's kind of, like, almost, like, at this point, like, mentally challenged because he has been so fried by the sun. Like somebody who's... Like, he's the guy that goes outside and stares into the eclipse, you know? Or just stares into the sun on a normal day. Well, I'm just saying, he's like a guy that would, like, if he had a wife, he would stand next to her when she's wearing her glasses, and then just stand and stare at the sun, like, outside of his house. Yeah. That's something he would do. Real smart guy. Is the color, is the the house painted white? It might have white to it. Oh, all right. His hair might be a little, um, I don't, like, whatever color that is. A little thin and wavy. Thin, wavy. Like a, like a massive... Ice cream cone swirl of a comb over oh, gotcha. going on. Right. Might be, you know, might be an elected official. So it's a, it's that's an interesting for just a generic guy. I'm just you, saying you, you, he, he might be like that. You have a really good description for it's like a specific. generic yeah. guy. It's something like that. Uh, yeah. Usually when I talk about generic people, I just say like a guy and then and yeah. Well, I mean, this is you have to be like a little a bit more descriptive. With I do your generic like the, people flesh them out a little bit. You know, just a little bit. Yeah, uh, I think had Bill Mosley not been in this movie. It wouldn't have been as good. No. He steals the fucking movie. He does. Which he does in a lot of movies. He does. Like, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is a great movie, and, like, Dennis Hopper is fantastic in it. But Bill Mosley as Chop Top is, like, steals the movie. And in a lot of other horror movies he was in in the, in the 80s and 90s, he's, like... And then when he had the resurgence with Rob Zombie in House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects as Otis, like... He steals those movies. Correct. Like, not that he... I mean, he is almost, like, the main, like, almost, like, leader of the family in those movies. But he's, like, his performances are just top-notch. Right. Amazing. And in this, he is unbelievable. Like, once he fully starts... And what we should do, because... Just because... Right. Because, like, there's no way to describe the movie Swerve without setting it up. Right. Cause we, it, what have I been ranting about? Like these future sci-fi worlds with like these political things going on, certain situations. Robot Jacks had the, you know, um, the market and the confederation, and, like the politics that go into that. There's espionage going on. Espionage in this one too. Um, and then, um, but the thing is this movie almost didn't have two sides. It did, but you never really got to know. It was like Omnicore or what was it called? No, it's Omcom. Omnicom? Unicom? Unicom. Unicom. So it was like Unicom, but like, well, just was... like the resistance, but there really is The Liberty isn't. Front or whatever it was but called. But it really isn't, though. It's just some like, like-minded like people. Well, you don't, you, we didn't get to see any of the resistance fighters. We get, no. it's what, it, what I, I would have liked it. What I was that. getting at is that um, we set up all these political, these social, these futuristic worlds. But then when it comes to the actual movie, it's just like a, a plot inside that world. Like they set the stage for you and um, Lantham Grandpa has a great, he goes into great detail about um, kind of social, like what has happened 
to this world. Basically, you know, government's bought up by Unicom. Mm-hmm. Unicom becomes everything. And then they outlaw... They're basically a big bell of the country. Right. They they outlaw computers. And then he talks about how people just accept it because they thought it was better for them. Then they outlaw robots for the same type of stuff. Oh, no, kidding. They outlaw robots because of some passage in Revelation. So they got people to believe it along, like, a religious line. Well, yeah, and then there was, like, this also synth virus, this, like, uh, disease. So it was, like... The crash and burn virus essentially is one of the main re- one of the other main reasons that they outlawed robots was because they were they had this like Jiminy Cricket chip that basically made them had a conscious yeah and like so they would do so they wouldn't hurt people right and they were essentially the chips were burning out. Well, did they burn out? They, that's that was one of the viruses it said because that guy's yeah, also talking about are, sexual viruses. No, it was called the crash and burn virus. Well, I mean, I know, I know that was a thing, right? right. But that's what it was. It was that was because when they bring it up later, he mentions he's like crash and burn, like my my chip. That's what happened to me. I, yeah, I'm part of the crash and burn. Yeah, because one because so that's another reason why they they outlawed these robots was because they're starting to fuck up. Okay. And then... Because I thought it was something they were doing on purpose to make them weapons. Well, it was, but wasn't. So it's like, oh, here's... Like, we're out long because of these reasons. And, like, one of this Revelations thing. And, oh, look it, they're doing bad things. So, like, we can't, like, have them everywhere. But it was mainly so that they could slip them into society. And use them as tools. Use them as tools without people knowing that they were still out there. Because if not, otherwise, if they're out there, then everybody knows that they're out there. Correct. So it was almost like... Their way of see the movie. I need to rewatch it, <laughs> to, to, and I will, because there's a lot of little details. There's so many cool ideas mixed into the beginning of how this is set up. Yeah, which is fantastic. But and, um, and then you got and, and some other little things too. Uh, you had prostitutes because in the be- in the beginning there's a TV show, uh, Winston Wicket. Yeah, we can talk about show, how this movie treats women, and they're showing porn uh, on this TV show because the. The, a lot of the TV is like a almost like a closed circuit, yeah, type of like pirate TV type of thing going on. And this guy, how that show was part of their daily programming, I don't know. Well, didn't he mentioned it? It's only on the air. Lantham Grandpa only mentioned it because he was, I forget, he was like the nephew of the person who owns the mortgage on the company, right? It was, or, the, yeah, was yeah, so yeah. like that's the only reason why, because like they were giving him shit about. You know, because he's talking about how he wants to put on this network and how, but like, why do you have this terrible program on? Oh, well, he's related to this guy. That's why. Yeah, and then, but so he just, his show's almost like this, like, at the time, it would have been like Phil Donahue type, like, shock, kind of like, oh, let's just have these, like, almost like a pre-Springer type of thing. What do they call the prostitutes? Prosties. It's a good but name. They, but the thing is, they weren't just prostitutes, they were like porn stars, too. Right, which, which is, is like, funny that, like... In this day and age where, like, can't go outside because it's too hot and there's, like, all these issues going on with this corporation. But, like, these some people are still just making porn for uh, troubled and lonely men. Yeah, they're making the porn for troubled and lonely men and then just delivering services. And then they called the prostitutes prosties. Right, slang Because the guy calls in and starts complaining about how... The synthoid prosties were way better than the human prosties. See, this is the universe building I want in every movie. Yeah. But the thing is, I want this universe building, and I want to see this universe, and I want to, like, ex- explore more of these ideas. I know. I would love that. That would be fantastic. It's like, it'd be like if Blade Runner was like, here's, like, replicants, and they're like a thing, and this guy's a guy who goes after replicants, but we're just going to go do something else for, like, the next, no, like, you, two hours. You're going to tell a story about this guy who's, like, driving a bus. Right. Like, Harrison Ford just is, like, he just passes by a few times. He's a cop that interacts with the bus driver. Right. And are just, you killed some more replicants? Oh, yeah, right. I'm out there. Or, yeah, that guy who's killing the replicants gets on the bus and he, like, yeah. goes, he, like, drives a few blocks. Yeah, he's like, good to see you, Decker. And then moves on. Yeah, and then the bus driver, like, there's, like, a radio report as he's driving, like, oh, there's been a shootout. And he's just like, oh, gotta go to the next stop. Yeah. Like, it just, it's like background <laughs> noise to the story. Right. Because like that's kind of what this movie... D- but, I mean, that's the beauty of not knowing anything about a movie. Like, it's such a gamble. It's like literally going to the boat and it's rolling the fucking dice. Because, like, if you know nothing about a movie, everything can surprise you and you can be impressed. Or oh, yeah. you can just be upset and angry that you watch this fucking piece of garbage, which I have sat through many times. We I, both have I mean, it on happens. this podcast. It happens. It's rough. God. Because it happens when you think a movie... Is- Nemesis 2 is the Nemesis worst. Nemesis 2 is- Any new listeners, go back and listen to Nemesis 2. It's a short podcast full of anger. 
and rage. It is because Nemesis. And then listen to the podcast before that, Nemesis One, which is amazing. Nemesis was great, <coughs> and you know sometimes it, it just it happens like that with these kind of movies. It does again, th- and especially with this is this is how I've accepted this. This is how I gamble, and especially with sequels. Yeah, so they can get you real excited, I and they gamble think you're my time. places, and it's almost like you can almost look at the Thorn trilogy like that. Yeah, you can because it's like okay, here's this thing with Michael, and now his niece. It's like all right, oh well, it's a, it's a stretch where we're we're going with this way, but four was awesome. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I'm on board now. You yep. at first you might have not had me because it's you're taking a, a gamble. Yeah. Using this character again and going, okay, now you got me. Yeah. And even five had its issues, but it wasn't like. And then it's like six comes along. It's like, what? This, this is, is like, where it was building. This is what it was building to. I guess I don't even understand anything. Like, like that you're only spending this short, short amount of time explaining to me. You're just right. throwing this at me. Deal with this. Yeah, and, and I feel like it's I feel like that gamble you take of watching these movies that look cool, and then they end up being like something else. It's oh well, it's way worse when it's a sequel because you're already invested, right? So like Robot Jocks, you have expectations, and it's not even that this movie like this movie I'm not disappointed by. No, it's awesome. But there is a chunk of this movie like maybe this movie was an hour and a half. Maybe this also could have been seventy two minutes because there's a chunk of this movie I would have taken out. I would have made that part a little bit shorter because. Because you don't need... I mean, I understand the build for suspense, but you don't need that big of a build. There wasn't even... Because nothing is that scary. No, because the swerve starts to happen when Lantham, Latham, Grandpa, gets gets murdered by some mysterious yeah. force. Somebody throws him into this generator, knocks out the power, and this is when all of a sudden this future sci-fi world that has been built up, the plot all of a sudden becomes like a horror movie. You mentioned yeah. the thing. We invoked, you know, kind of aliens, not in a spaceship, but like closed down. Yeah, it's like something's the lurking. Tight yeah. spaces. Like it's almost like the, like the alien, and then you have like the thing because it's like you don't know who's the, the, the synth. Because they figure out like, oh, it must be a synthoid that's doing this. Because... Um, the they, they find out or the, the granddaughter granddaughter finds well she reveals that like grandpa was part of the liberty resistance whatever it was yeah. okay. and that there's rumor that like synthoids were infiltrating this resistance who was 16 by the way yeah played by howl the actress. uh 21 year old at the time and this and is she, relevant who is this actress she was uh played lisa in amityville 1992 it's about time we just watched the movie how is that even a connection what kind of world do we live in and two things and we shifted and together. And we didn't start watching the Robot Jocks because we saw that she was in that movie. And we looked up her some of her credits because I remember talking about her, her being in Encino Man. Yeah, you did mention Encino and, Man. And uh, so it's not like How we... How can you not mention Encino But we watched Man. Robot Jocks because somebody had mentioned it on the Facebook page. And because we love it. Oh, well, and because we love Robot Jocks. It's, it's a s- great movie. But this is a... This is this movie, I do like it for Bill Mosley's performance mm-hmm. because... Once they do like their whole like it's basically when you if you've seen the thing there's a scene where they test everybody's blood. Do you know what this reminds me of? I want you to keep going. But what I was thinking about when I was watching it, it's set on Earth, but it reminds me also of the movie Sunshine, like yeah. in space. Yeah. But like the whole plot is this, but then there's just a killer running around. Yeah. Yeah. He was burnt out by the sun. Yeah. But not that he wasn't yeah. some. But yeah, they, they have a on. they have a yeah. scene that's basically. The thing, the testing the blood. Yeah, totally. You know, it's the, it's like it's almost identical kind of scene. They're not they don't have like the petri dishes or anything like that. No. But you know, testing to see who is a synth and who isn't. And it's a lot of there's I mean, it's just a sign of the times where movies did that. And it's also a typical horror movie trope of like the guy, uh, one character sees somebody but you don't see who they are. Yeah. And they're like, Oh hey, it's it's literally like Friday the th- it's Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. It's everybody knows uh, Jason, Mrs. Voorhees, they but, know her as the nice lady. Right. So they see her like, oh, hey, you're here. Like, what are you? Or it's yeah. the same thing even in Sleepaway Camp, Angela. Yeah. You don't see her. They see her. They know her as Angela. Like, oh, hey, how's it going? And then they get killed. Done. It's right. But this doesn't last as long. No, which is good. At least it doesn't drag on forever. Because the who is who plot, it just drives me nuts. Only because, like, obviously, we all, everybody, it always plays out the same. Because mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to deal with this fucking bullshit right now. No thanks. And before we get too long in the narrative, um, this this 
pirate radio broadcast station is broadcasting things in all over the place. And our main like dude character is a guy working for Unicom. Unicom. I keep saying Unicom because I see the words well, that's in my head. Omnicore, which Who is cares? that's from. Could be oh, like, it's from freaking. Yeah, that's a thing. Um, Robocop. Hilarious. Again, fine. That fits. That's the company that but made it's a guy, OCP. It's, it's, they own the, and that's funny because that's a corporation that owns the police. Yeah. It's, I mean, come on. Why aren't we there yet? <laughs> like, isn't this... Like, I mean, I don't know if I want Omni Consumer Products. Oh, Edel Chichi Nice. to... Uh, Ed 209, Nice. Yeah, we don't need Ed 209. You fucking lit that one dude <laughs> up. Man, he took him out so hard. <laughs> but, like, corporations just buying, buying up or subsidizing, like, states and governments... Like, governments bail out companies. It's only a matter of time before companies start bailing out governments. Right. Eventually, somebody's going to write a story about that. Yeah, some somebody. person, some jerk-off somewhere. It probably won't be any good. They probably suck ass. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably just a big ass-sucker. Oh, my God, ass-sucker. Hey, man, sometimes that's just... I, you talked to me about Norm today about sucking ass. Oh, yeah, he, he basically set up Dana Carvey for a joke just to ask him, Oh, you suck. You, you suck asses. Yeah, great. Good job. Yeah, that's where I want to take this. But yeah, we had to mention that. <laughs> the uh, but he was this a guy but, working oh. for the company who delivers Freon because they need to power their air conditioners because it gets fucking scorching outside because there's like no atmosphere. Uh, but the thing is, it's funny in the beginning because he's wearing that like white suit. Yeah, I kept thinking he was gonna be like a robot operator. Oh, I mean, it could have been. <laughs> Up until they built the suspense, the where, up, could, he could have been a robot. I mean, there was, it was maybe ten minutes of suspense because it literally once they explained, once he got to the TV station and explained his job was to deliver this stuff. Right. I was like, well, he's not a robot operator. Oh, no. his job is delivery boy. But then when you find he's him, like a corporate delivery boy. Yeah, who like he just wanted money. Like he's not even like hooked into like the upper. He's like try from yeah. uh, Futurama, just basically <laughs> corporate just, delivery boy. Just need a job. <laughs> but like then once you find out anybody could be a synth. Oh, is he a robot? Who is a robot? The movie gives you nothing to base any of these conclusions off of. He could have been. Yeah. Anybody could have been. Anybody could have Anybody been. was. They, they never made you feel like that these certain people were going to be, which is probably a good thing because you get the surprise, like uh, the one chick, you like, you don't, uh, you know, like I didn't see. Honestly, for a long time and even almost at the end, I thought it was going to be the... The girl? The, uh, the, the yeah. granddaughter. Well, we should, because you were talking about, do we even explain... Mr. Mosley's role yet? Because that's what we're getting no, to. We haven't was, explained. Bill he, he played a character called Quinn, but and he was like the maintenance guy at the yeah. television station. He was in charge of making things work, and and ended up being that he, in fact, was the synthoid. Yeah, he was. And once it, he becomes like, once they find out, and he knows they find out, it is he's amazing. He's a fantastic. He, he gives us a fucking amazing monologue. And about um, the synthoids, about the Jiminy Cricket chips, and about like all sorts. Of, and he is just out of control. And even some of the lines, when, like when he kills that one fat dude, when his hand, that guy's hand is like all like it. Yeah, and we should talk about real quick because that leads into how they found out he was a synthoid because they're all cutting blood and like figuring out who is who. Like, oh, if you've got red blood, you must not be a synthoid. Okay. So then Quinn, who we know is a synthoid, um, had tested his finger. It looked red, which I guess is what they were going off of because you find out later that his blood is actually some kind of chemical because Quinn was a psycho and took the knife and cut the fat guy's Mr. Wicket, the guy whose yeah. uncle owns the mortgage on this fucking establishment or whatever. His, like you are saying, his hand got super fucking huge. Like, I thought it was an infection or like just bad effects. No, it was intentionally massive and disgusting. Yeah, because it was infected with fucking synthoid blood. Right, which is what our main character, Ty, was that his name? Tyson? Ty? I think it was. Um, figures Tyson, out, yeah. Yeah, he figures out that that's what happens if you get infected with this coolant blood or whatever. So then, yeah. which leads into you were talking about how Quinn's monologuing. Stress how awesome it is. Yeah, please. I mean it. It it was a fantastic monologue. And then when he goes and kills uh, Winston Wicket, he he the monologue there. He's just making like fat jokes with about him, yeah, and he calls he him like Porky Pig. And right before it rips his arm off, he goes, "That's all, folks." And like Rick, but I mean, if you if you've seen House of a Thousand Corpses or Devil's Rejects, and you know who Bill Mosley is, it's probably more of the more famous movies he's been in other than Texas Chainsaw so. uh, Massacre yeah, Two. I would say so. He he's just such an over the top guy, but his perform he he's almost like that like like Jeff Fahey type of actor, where it's like he's like a character actor, yeah. and he's always cast in these like. Like mostly horror killers, but he's such an amazing like charisma's off the charts. Yeah, and him as this like cyborg uh, synthoid killer 
is so it's just it steals the whole fucking movie it's it sits above everything else. once it gets to that point because at one point you're almost not on board anymore because it's kind of getting slow it's kind of they're not talking you went into this movie thinking it was a sequel to RoboJox. well yeah you think it's and a sequel to RoboJox, and it's not but then they start getting your interest with this whole like political stuff yeah and, it's like, awesome but then they start fading away from that and then it gets to that like weird like suspense but not really suspenseful like area and it spends too much time doing that so you're kind of disinterested almost there's a lot like, of minutes where like you're just watching hallways and scary music but yeah. like, nothing's happening and it's like right at the point of when you're like eh, and then it's like here we go boom they load they load the end that's where the swerve comes and it's a whole different movie it you, really is you signed up for this madness yeah it really is it, it's it's a it's out of control. Somebody really wanted a charismatic Terminator. It, it, that's it's just like having like no no T one thousand cold face, um, Robert Patrick, no Arnold cold face but like random quips. Just a complete fucking maniac running around reveling and being evil. Yeah, which is great. And they even mentioned they said something about something being terminated. At Eventually, one, one, one point in the movie, well, the similarities increase as it goes on. Yeah. And uh, we probably should talk about the sixteen-year-old uh, because she is a pivotal role we haven't talked about really. Well, it's funny because they they make it a point to mention how old she is, and they make a lot they sexualize her a lot. Yeah, and they even have her sexualizing herself in the mirror, like which thinking, was like, funny because playing with her Amityville. boobs, right? Yeah. yeah. So, well, she didn't finger herself in this film. No, she just was playing with her sixteen-year-old. She, she squeezed her hands together to pop her boobs out. It, but the thing is, she didn't have to be sixteen. But this is, this is why it's real weird. This There's movie, no reason, but they, movie, but they, and then he's like, she's like, I'm, I'm 16. He's like, and you've never been kissed. Right. It was like this weird, like, why are you sexualizing? Like base? I mean, a 16 year old isn't a little kid, but it's basically a little kid. And he, Come and on. he felt, and it felt like he was almost hitting on her originally. And then at the, when they end up together at the end, like the last like survivors of the whole situation. Right. It's like, well, I guess they're going to, I don't know what's going to happen there, but she's 16. So it's like, well, I guess in 2030, it doesn't matter. The only women you meet in this movie are prosties. And there's a woman teacher who would like. She's the adult, I guess, and that's the woman that Ty hooks up with, and mm -hmm. he fucks her for a little bit. It, they do a whole thing. Um, she ends up being a synth. Well, right. Well, yeah. But that's so like that woman was like this good kid, but then you find out, oh, she's just an evil bitch, lying, backstabbing. So like that's not a good portrayal of a woman mm -hmm. either, which is questionable. This is Nick's quick and dirty feminist theory evaluation of this movie right now because they don't treat them very well at all, and the hero's a sixteen-year-old girl, but who's just fucking overly sexualized at the end. She probably drives away giving this adult man a hand job. You know what the fuck's going? It's because she's into him, obviously. Yeah. And she gets jealous when he likes the adult over her. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Mm -hmm. Then you got Wicket making sexual comments, but um, yeah, towards her. But the movie, there's a massive killing spree where it becomes a horror movie. He uh, Quinn Mosley, he fucks this, the one of the prostitutes in the shower. This prostitute had the hots for him earlier on. He fucks her in the shower and then he kills her, like she cause um. There was a battle going on. Once they figure he's a synthoid, the 16-year-old girl, which, what was her name? I keep, hate saying 16-year-old girl, but I don't know what to call her. Her name was... But Ty was has, it Aaron? Could have been. When Ty put everything together, he was shotgunning her in the fuck, in, him in the fucking face. So he looks all fucked up, and the girl f fucks him in the shower without looking at his face. She Well, she he, co he comes at her from behind. And exactly. Her name was Aaron, by the way. Megan. Good. Uh, Aaron, the good. chick from Amityville. Her name yeah, was Aaron. good. He, well, when that chick's in the shower, which is funny because, like, Tyson has sex with the one chick. She's a teacher. She has like a National Geographic type teaching program. Carice is her name. And he has sex with her and they don't show any nudity. But then they show nudity later on when that one prosty is taking a shower. The sex scene was artistic. That was just gratuitous titties right there. Yeah, just to have, just to have some tits in the movie. Just, yeah. And then, just but he, saying, we're just gonna keep saying tits. But yeah, tits in the shower. But um, shower tits. Shower tits. Oh my god. She. Oh there were god. there were some nice wet tits. Oh my god. <laughs> what happened to those tits? They well, Bill Mosley comes up behind her in the shower, and you would just saying it sounds creepy, but earlier in the movie they had like a little thing, like she kind of wanted to like. She was uh, she was okay with helping him out, right? And he played it off like, oh, I don't want to, or yeah. no thanks, yeah, and. uh... So that I think that's why she didn't notice his face because he when he turns her around and then like pushes her up against the wall to like start making he's, out with he's her. He's into it. She's into her it. Her face I mean. is like turned to the other side of his head. Right. So she, that's but what then, I mean. She never saw it. Yeah, but once she realizes it, then he 
electrocutes her. He has that ability, Corey. He touches the water like he the, grabs. The steel. He grabs the the faucet. The faucet. What's the shower head? And like he just can electrocute it. So then it shocks the water, and like he's fine because he's a yeah. robot, I guess. And then like she's dead. She gets just fried. Yeah, her skin's like red, and she's dead in the shower. And uh, the other prostitute also died. Yeah, fuck, what happened to her? I forget. I don't remember her death scene now. What did he do I to her? I thought she got stabbed. But like, what? Or no, she got shot with a shotgun because he stole the shotgun. And he shot through the glass because they're in like right. a recording booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it blew her away and then she's dying with... She got... Man, it was violent. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. He yeah. went on a good killing spree. And even when he was like all mangled and like beat up and they're outside... And like he's still crawling, like with no half, like half. Well, we have legs. to. Let's 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 get right, that part. right. But like I'm just saying, though, like few steps involved. He was still like I'm. I'm just saying, like he was still like on the warpath, even when he was like, oh, of course. completely disfigured. So they they escape. Well, they don't they just shotgun the fuck out of him. They assume he's dead. Yeah, they they yeah they shotgun the fuck out of him. Aaron takes a picture of him so they can prove that the synthoids exist again. They, that was the idea after they found his dead body because he he blew out all the power inside the the station and the satellite dish collapsed so there's no way to broadcast anything so the only way to get this image out was to take a picture of his dead robot corpse so they hop in a car which at this point is like a 70 year old truck that truck's like 70 years old in this movie right so like then they're driving away he jumps out again someone who really wanted to make a terminator movie he's on the hood punches into the window grabs grabs ty's throat as they're driving away yeah. aaron the teacher and tyre in the truck they're zigging and zagging he flies off they get out. They start fighting. No, they. He flies off. I know. And then they get no, out. No, he flies off. Then they back up. And he's standing there. And then they hit him. Yeah, that's a real person. That's that they a real hit. person. Good and point. And then after he goes flying, after he gets hit, is when they get out. And then they. I just wanted to mention that they hit a real person. You needed to. It was a real person. A stuntman got hit by a car. If you want to see a real human being get hit by a truck, he gets hit hard and he rolls away. And then is there just like static electricity in the air, like a dry, just like. Just like lightning, because it's so the atmosphere is so fucked up. One of the towers gets sheared off the top of this fucking building, and it falls on the synthoid Quinn. Oh, any human being, Ty. It falls on his ankle. Doesn't shear it off. Yeah, he's I, just trapped. Oh, his his ankle. His leg would have been, been gone. His but the robot's like cut in half, but it's just resting on his ankle. I don't understand. But earlier in the film, see, they used the a mining robot. This, the robots are illegal. They're all decommissioned. There's a dead one outside of this building. And Aaron has hooked it up to her laptop, to her computer, and has been, like, reactivating it, fucking with the systems. Um, we mentioned, um, we didn't mention it, but we mentioned when we were watching it. Like, they should have suits on to go outside, but during the day they both walk out there, Ty and Aaron with no suits on. Mm -hmm. And that's when they point out the robot. And mm -hmm. he's like, oh, someone's been messing with his doodad, or whatever the fuck he called it. So, like, you kind of got an idea someone's been fucking with this robot. And then earlier you see Aaron playing with her laptop. It's like she's got wires hooked up to it or whatever. But anyways, all you need to know is there's a giant robot outside that's done nothing this whole movie. Yeah. But you know it exists, which I like because it's not like um like um it's got a term, but like um like a MacGuffin. It doesn't come out of nowhere. Right. Like you're not if all of a sudden this robot activated and lifted up this tower, which is what she uses it for, you'd be like, Why the fuck is this happening? But that's all the robot's good for in the entire movie. The robot in the movie, there's a sequel to Robot Jocks. It's a decommissioned drone she activates to lift the tower off of a man's ankle. That's the climax of the movie. Literally all it does. And then, like, the, the robots... Uh, it's a shitty robot. His arm doesn't work, so it just, like, flies off. So she throws, like, the tower away. So then you had this, this half-destroyed robot and a man whose ankle is just, like, twisted. He's walking later in the film! Oh, my God, I didn't realize yeah. that this moment. He walks just fine. So Even like, when what's her face, you find out that the other chick is the synthoid. Yeah, he's like he's walking around. Yeah. Oh my god! Why wasn't I more pissed? Well, watching. I it. mean, we were already. I think we were already just pissed enough. I think what happened was we were pissed enough by that his ankle didn't just like get destroyed in his leg. He should have no foot. So the fact that that didn't happen, we're just like whatever. Fine. My brain. Fine. Like your brain has a filter. Yeah. And it block like no, this is too much input right now. You're gonna get real upset. Right. Just block it out. Block this shit out. It's better off that way. But then, of course, the robot smashes Quinn. Quinn is eviscerated into nothing. Mosley did a good job. He gets yeah. squashed by a robot. You um, you told me facts about this puppet. Did you remember oh, off the top of your head? Four feet tall, 
and it weighed about 90 to 100 pounds. It took six people to operate. This it is a real robot. Movie. It was in the movie for maybe 10 minutes. Not maybe. Even. That's being generous. Yeah, uh, you're right. Five minutes. Yeah, right. It's in the movie for such a short amount of time. Oh, my God. Why did they even spend time building it? You this like it looked cool as fuck. It was awesome. Yeah, but like that's all you're gonna do with it. It didn't. Even, I mean, I guess technically it fought another robot, kind of. Technically, kind of by squishing his ass. Right. But but then it just does its job and it's done. Right. But that's the robot. This robot, if you ever watch Robot Wars, looks very similar to the robot in Robot Wars, but that has a cockpit. It's not a drone. So it's more like the robots from Robot Jocks. Correct. Robot Wars is like very much closer to Robot Jocks than this movie is. Correct. Gotcha. This this was this is just a crazy little thing that's going on here. Um but there was another tangent that was being addressed before I described like, oh, I mean, oh no, no, we're talking about the the second right. Just just the, the second row. There's a just second row. The chick a, who Tyson yeah. is in love with, she uh I don't even know how Aaron figures out their suit. She gets like a printout of a thing. Well, because I'm pretty sure the resistance was like sending her shit. So it was like a printout and she knew how to like decipher shit because with her grandpa, I'm piecing things together. I know. But it was a printout. There was information. The thing is though, she wrote on a paper, there's two. Where did she go? She just hid, I guess. Yeah, why'd she go and tell him? She did left a note for no, him, but, but I mean, she like, came back. Right, she went in, saw there's two, so she's like, oh, fuck this. It was like a self-preservation thing, like, oh, fuck this. Yeah. So Quinn walks in, I mean, he sees it. And then they, she, they well, basically, she's going to go kill Quinn. How about when we thought the movie was over? Oh, She yeah. looks at a piece of paper, makes a face. It's because there were some terrible like, edits in this movie. I mean, I don't know what's going there's on There's some there. quick cuts. I told you, the real skip, the yeah. projector. Yeah, it's I guess. film. And then... Uh, Aaron comes back with shotgun. Kiss this. Yeah, because well, the, the setup was yeah the the, the um the teacher girl. Don't you want to kiss me? Yeah, because like he's like, oh my god, I he's like putting it together. I had sex with a robot. I'm like, oh my god, my ankle's fine. What am I gonna do here? Kiss me. Kiss this. And then like, how can Quinn? We're just being nitpicky and shitty at this point. He took lots of shotgun blasts to the head. His yeah. head stayed intact. Her head exploded in like dust. Right. It was just gone. Right. And it was awesome. It was. And, uh, I mean, the movie just kind of ends. It just, like, they go off into the sunset. We see two cool future cars, but not well. They're like police cars. They look awesome. Yeah. And they just drive away. Probably, like, Unicom. What's the name of this company? I say it so many different fucking times. Is it... Unicon. Uni what did I say? In my head, I pronounce it Unicon, but when I hear it... Unicron. Unicron. <laughs> uh, one thing I, I think that they didn't show those cars... Because they might have looked cool in the distance, but they might have just put like some cardboard or something around to make them look boxy and futuristic. -y. I want to see that. I know, but like from far away, it looked awesome. It looked awesome, but maybe up close, they didn't. They didn't do a full, full of a good job to make them look like legit. I mean, probably. <laughs> or they just wasted a lot of money and made fully functioning future cars and show me nothing. Right. Which like probably happened. They use them in a different full moon movie. Yeah, can we search what cars were those movies made? What, what, movie, what are the movies? What are the movies? Full Moon Entertainment. Maybe in like a Trancers? <laughs> the Five Sudden Death? Did they make like a bunch of Trancers? Is that a thing? Yeah, there's a bunch of Trancer movies. What if it was like Bloodstone subspecies too? And you know what? When we were younger, um, obviously Full Moon Pictures was like a big deal, like becoming a thing when we were younger. But they also made kids' movies under Moonbeam Entertainment and they made uh, like Prehysteria. My favorites. Yeah. Man, I, they made all the Prehysteria movies. Remote was another one I, I enjoyed watching. Prehysteria like, is about dinosaurs, in case you didn't know. By the way, weird. Like, right? Because it's, like, it's like little eggs. And yeah. then they like, look like we're fully grown dinosaurs. But they're little dinosaurs. But they never grow. No, they're real. It's, it's a weird thing. <laughs> There's like three or four of those movies. I've seen probably all of them. And uh, they had one called Remote that I used to rent all the time. Because I used to rent Prehysteria all the time. Yeah. I used to rent Remote, which was basically Home Alone. But sure. he had like remote control gadgets. Oh, dude, he's got drones. There was one called Pet Shop where these like aliens had this like pet shop, and they had like weird little pet like they had like aliens that were disguised as like dogs. Yeah, and that's stuff. that's something I want to watch. And uh, I used to rent that one a lot. <laughs> and then there was also one called Dragon World that I also used. Sounds to rent too quite cool. Probably not good. I don't I don't remember anything about any. I of think those. HBO has a show based on Dragon World. Game of Thrones. Yeah, not books. Well, remember there was a movie Dragon Heart, where Sean Connery did the voice for the yeah dragon. 
They still make sequels to that. No, they don't. One just came out this year. Wow, you're, and it's on Netflix. I didn't know you'd tune into B Movie Breakdown to hear fake news. <laughs> Dennis Quaid was in it. it was no, Dennis, he wasn't. Dennis, no, in the, in the original. Oh, okay. Dennis Quaid and Sean Connery were in Dragonheart. Remember, there's a dragon that talked. I know the talking dragon. Yeah, there's a, literally a no, new one. That's called like Dragon Start, and they were like starting to be dragons. Dragon or Start. Yeah, it's a new franchise I made up just now. No, it's called. They're literally so. Show many. me the page with the dates. Okay, I will look up Dragonheart. There's a whole series of them. I just want to the know new when one the last one came out. 2017. It's called Dragonheart Battle for the Hell, the Heart. That's not real. Get off your fakepedia. That's not real. Patrick Stewart does the voice of the dragon. Oh, now I have to watch it. He replaced, replaced Sean Connery. That's a good. That's an A caliber replacement. This is direct to DVD. Directed to fucking Netflix. Jeez. Oh, that's true. And then the last one came out in 2015, and that was Dragonheart 3, The Sorcerer's Curse. Well, who plays that dragon? Uh, Ben Kingsley, maybe? He's credited in it. Oh, so my God. Maybe. Why are all these great actors just this fucking dragon? What a lineage for these dragons. But then the second one, A New Beginning, came out in 2000. So it was 15 years before they made another sequel for this movie. God, I don't think Sean Connery was in this one. Probably not. Was the voice? Who was? I hope it's some other. Is it Robbie Benson? There's some voice actor. That's cool, but I was hoping to be someone. Right. Like, like, cause like they went. You know, the first one had Sean Connery. Like Gandalf. Or and some the first shit. one came out in '96. Second one, 2000. Third one, 2015. Fourth one, 2017. It's just restarting that little franchise. Dragonheart. It, it got a lot of got a lot of history back there. You can I well you know what you can I remember when the movie came out and thinking it was awesome. Yeah, one day the watching it it's not the one day the original Dragonheart was on like on like Encore or something like that. Well that dragon looks like shit. <laughs> it looks like shit. Isn't he CGI? Yeah. Uh, not good. It's a ninety six CGI. No, not good. He can battle it's not like it's battle not the industrial fucking light and magic. He can battle the fucking Megazord then just CGI hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Purgatory of CGI. Yeah. Speaking about evolution. Not it, there yet, guys. It is bad. You haven't climbed out of the primordial so maybe, primordial goo yet. Maybe Dragonheart 4 has some legit CGI. Or maybe I don't give a fuck about Dragonheart. With Patrick Stewart, you know, as the voice you of can, the... You can blame Game of Thrones for those fucking Drago. things. Yeah, blame Game of Thrones for Dragonheart coming back. When all of the world's like, oh yeah, I guess dragons are cool. Remember oh, there was that movie D-Wars? Yeah. Dragon me, Wars? Me, who watched it with me when I was... Maybe it was Brian... And it wasn't Dennis. The movie's not even about dragons, though. They're like there's snakes like, that become dragons at the end, and only one of them becomes a dragon. And it's got they're like uh, giant snakes. The guy from the office, Craig Robinson's. Yeah, they have to get their wings. We were so drunk, so much whiskey was being drank. We watched D Wars. Uh, I bought the DVD pack from Walmart because it came with a special dragon medallion that's in the movie. It's still like hand on one of my lamps. I, I envy you. I it sucks. I, I wish I was drunk when I watched D Wars. Yeah, you fucked so up. Stone cold sober. You fucked up. That's one of the nights when you drink a bunch of whiskey and just wake up and be like, oh my god, I watched Dragon Wars. <laughs> D-Wars. I know. That's what it was, it was called. Like, it was like Dragon wasn't it one of those things? D-Wars. Wasn't it yeah, one of those things where like, the commercials that like, kept changing the name because yeah. no one knew what to call and it? And they had like the, dra- like the snakes going up this like tower on the poster. Yeah, the snake battle. <laughs> the one was in theaters. <laughs> Who watched it? If you, if you watched <laughs> Dragon Wars in theaters, send me an email. That's like me going to see I Frankenstein in IMAX. God. We should, man. I wish, like, I wish I could have a driverless car now, and it'd be legal. Because then I would just spend money on tickets to see shitty movies, drink some liquor, and then I just my robot car can take me home. Yeah, you can drink at the movie theater too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just drink at the get the bar at the movie theater just to bring your drinks in. It'd be and, a real bad one. And and go see D Wars or uh, there's that there's that movie coming out soon, and it's like a global disaster movie. Yeah, what is that one called? This is a tangent. It's a movie tangent. It's worth going on. Little journey. It's called. Oh my god, Geostorm, and holy fuck, it looks like one of the worst movies ever made. Well, seriously, I saw the trailer. I think when I went to see Spider-Man: Homecoming, and uh, me and the other person I was with literally looked at each other, and we're like, "Are you?" fuck like and i like i mean obviously i do this podcast i like movies that are like bad and like silly you just like the experience of yeah. suffering no i mean like i like i get a, like this movie it's fun it's ridiculous crash and burn 
It's ridiculous. No, it's awesome. But it's it has great. some redeeming values while still being... It's got lots of redeeming a, values. Like this B-movie. But like Geostorm is like a movie that's coming out to theaters. Gerard Butler's in it. Oh, poor guy. And like that guy's career. I don't know what happened there. I mean, he's, the fact he's still getting jobs. He just ran that 300 wave. But like to nothing else... He was in those Fallen movies, right? Linda? I just I just remember the... Yeah, I remember just him and like Jennifer Aniston, like a comedy thing. Wasn't that like the, there's something going on? Like that's when I'm like, oh, what are you doing here, Jared? Yeah. Gerard? His name's not Jared, it's Gerard. Gerard Butler. Yeah. But know. why are you in this movie, Gerard? Why is he in Geostorm? It looks... The CG in it, too, looks like it's from All right, so who's who's going to volunteer to be our Uber? We can just go and get plastered and watch Geostorm. <laughs> I mean, we can just call Uber. And then... No, it needs to be somebody I know. <laughs> I don't trust strangers. <laughs> trust strangers. To drive me places. To drive you to the movie theater. No. And back. Yeah, but Geostorm, it looks it looks rough. It look it looks fucking bad. I I I thought about it, like I remember seeing the f- f- trailer for the first time and being like, oh, maybe we could wa- go to the theater and see this movie for yeah. the podcast. And you're like, no. And then seeing the trailer, I, no. the second trailer, I was like, yeah, nope. No. I can't even. I can't even. I spent IMAX money on iFrankenstein, and I cannot... Which spend, I am jealous of that happening. I cannot spend a dollar on... I can't spend a dollar. That was... You You. you um, look, You watched that movie to review it on this podcast. Right. Go back and listen to it. Yeah. Episode number 12. But I... That's not the episode. I don't know what episode it is. I don't know is. what episode it is, but like I literally... You'd have to... I feel like to go in theaters to see Geostrom, you'd have to, you'd have to pay me money. Well, set up a Kickstarter. Raise 15 Patri- bucks. So I have a Patreon. Just to raise 20 bucks to go see a movie. Yeah, so I can go see... So me and you can go see Geostorm. Oh, right, 40 bucks. Two people. <laughs> 40 bucks? Yeah, I'm not going to pay then if you're not paying. Oh, we need some booze involved too. So you got to pay for our booze and our movie tickets. I'll buy my own booze. But like, you can buy me booze too. Right. So like, that's why 40 bucks. Because like 10 for the ticket and like a couple beers. You'd be good to go. Yeah. But anyways, uh, Crash and Burn is... Uh, it's fun. It's just... It's not a sequel to Robot Jocks. Squint. It's fine. It's just watching, be like, okay. Well, watch the last five minutes, and then you'll be like, okay, this could have been. Something. I'm just gonna self indulge myself and rewatch Robot Wars, rewatch Robot Jacks, rewatch Crash and Burn, and like string together things that could be connected. And then like I'm gonna come on the podcast You're and create sort of, this whole world that doesn't exist. Well, it'll exist when I send this podcast. Then we'll release it into the ether of the internet. But like, oh. Well, that happened. Yeah, it happened, all right. The movies aren't that long. They're like a rewatch. You'd be in and out. Right. Uh, so next week on the podcast, I realized there's a movie that was watched a long time ago when you were one that you missed. Remember how you said you were here sitting to the side not talking? Yeah, but... We, this was one you missed. I stepped out and you watched the movie? Yeah, we stepped out, watched the movie, and it is now this movie's 30th anniversary, and I feel like it's fitting for a revisit. And one that, I mean, I haven't watched this movie in a while, and I fucking love it. Good. And I really, I, it's, it's a one, good sign. The first time I saw it, it was another one of those where I'm like, you're Nick. Gonna, you're going to treat me. I was like, Nick needs to see this movie. Nick will see this movie, it sounds and like. And the movie I'm talking about is called Miami Connection. It is a, it is, it, I mean, on the back of it, it says a B-movie treasure, and it, it is truly a treasure. This is a movie that was made... Never released. Which is amazing to say. And then the lovely folks at the Alamo Draft House rediscovered this movie and put it out on Blu-ray. And it is... That, it, it that is, Draft House does good work. They do. They're doing an all... A clown-only screening for it next week. Where Where is it at? Uh, Texas? Most, most of them are in Texas. They have one all in... Right. The, I think they made one in New York now. In, like, Brooklyn, and then there's one randomly in, like, Michigan somewhere. Oh, we should find that one. It's in, like, Kalamazoo, I think. Interesting. So, so it's not that far. No, that's drivable. And, uh, I mean, they're I all mean drivable. just to go see a movie. No, know. it's an event. Right. But the clown thing is only one of them in Texas. Right. Like, they, like, I'm always jealous of some friends I have down there because they've gone to the, uh, they do these like, every year. They've done it for the last couple years, these Jaws screenings that are on, like, a lake. You can go. You sit in like rafts. It's the movie theater screen is on the water, and you sit in rafts on the water. Oh, I don't trust that. And watch Jaws. There could be sharks in there. I don't trust that. Yeah. So that's that's a Texas but sharks. I, I, I when I went to the Alamo Draft House in Austin, Texas, yes, is where I purchased the Blu-ray of Miami Connection. Perfect. Because I had seen it before then. Yes. But, but you like, were there in the neighborhood. I was there, and I had to buy Miami. And like. I really, I really feel like this is a movie you should experience. I'd like to experience it's it. It's a, it's a wild movie about a, 
a group of guys who are into uh, taekwondo. Sure. And but they're also in a rock band, which is you can do things multitask. Yeah, they're in a rock band. They're taekwondo masters, and they got to stop the you know the drug ring going on in the Florida area. What a world to be alive! In. And uh, a movie that was never released. It only in only in Florida it was released, like in Orlando area. And if you think about like back then, like how few people were around, how few people pay attention. Nobody to these saw things. this movie. Yeah. So and this guy put like all of his heart and soul into making this movie. He's also like the star of the movie as well. It's a payoff thirty years. It's like later. a Tommy Wiseau, but like that's fucking badass and not like sad. Yeah. No one was tearing him apart. So Lisa wasn't tearing him apart. So next week on the podcast from 1987, 30 year anniversary, Miami what, Connection. What is time? What is time? Thirty fucking years. Thirty years. What is time? Thirty years ago, a movie was made that nobody saw. God, what and is, nobody was able to even see. What is even thirty? But now years we old? have it on on Blu-ray. What is even thirty years old? And it is. Uh, what does it all mean? It's qual eighty-three minutes, not even not an hour and a half. Yeah, good length. Doesn't even doesn't even reach the hour and a half mark. Good podcast. Eighty-three minutes for a movie. And uh, it is. I honestly haven't watched it in like a, maybe a, a couple of years. So oh, dude, it's, uh, vintage. It'll be a good revisit for myself too. Beautiful. So. Next week on the podcast, the Miami Connection. Come back next week for more of the best of the worst. Do it. It's the best of the worst. Be moved.